0: You're a real slave driver.
1: I'm hungry. I only had a smoothie today.
0: That's all. You didn't have any breakfast?
1: Mm-mm.
0: Well, there's your problem. No
1: time. No Come time. on. No, seriously. No time.
0: I even bought you milk. Oh, thanks. Like real cow milk, because <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. Talking more, yeah. Talking more. So Talk. You guys are talking, you're talking Oh, more. really? A lot of talkers.
1: I would agree with that. <laughs> this podcast is called
2: Erase the
0: Filter. Erase the Filter. Erase the Filter. Erase the filter we're talking about creativity the year of creativity coming up 2022 where do you find inspiration to be creative
1: man i feel like over the last two years because of covid i have had a very hard time getting inspired really yeah i mean not to the same extent as i feel like i normally would have (laughs) i mean i get inspired by the people of the candy factory every day and the cool things that they're doing I'm Ann Kirby, and I'm a kick-ass female entrepreneur. I'm a founder. I'm a musician. I'm a graphic designer. The Candy Factory is a co-working space in Lancaster City, um, and it's a community of professionals from all different backgrounds coming together to work alongside each other, share knowledge. I'm inspired by design and interior design, and so I... I'm inspired by the places I go. And I think that's one of the challenges that I've experienced with COVID is that not being able to go to the places that I normally would have gone to or traveling um, because then I'm not capturing um, ideas. I'm not seeing new spaces uh, which inspire me. So it's been a little more challenging than normal.
0: Where have you gone specifically that inspired creativity?
1: I think Chicago is one of my go to places when I think of like creative cities because there's just so much art everywhere the architecture, the public art, um, just it just oozes creativity. And I love it.
0: Anywhere else that you can think of off the top of your head?
1: When it comes to actual physical places, I love um, going to Winotour, which is a beautiful old DuPont estate, uh, Henry DuPont, and it's in Delaware, Brandywine Valley. It's gorgeous. And the grounds are just so beautiful. And the nice thing is he believed in natural gardening. And so there's always something in bloom, even in the winter. And so... Every season is unique. And he had one of the largest collections of Americana art. And so he built his home, became a museum. And you can tour the facility and we, you know, normally get a membership every year, so we can go down whenever we want. Um, and that's a very inspiring space. It's just being out in nature and seeing also this constructed, gardens that are natural
0: 2019 was the year of action 2020 was supposed to be the year of rhythm got completely fucked up became the year of chaos 21 had to be the year of recovery even though nobody really got as far along as they had hoped
3: yeah
0: but the creative stuff is starting to come back yeah meaning i was stifled very stifled in, 20, in the second half of 20, 2020 and the first half of 2021. Like, y- you know how it, with the pandemic, artists seem to do one of two things. They either went all in. Yeah, or all out. Or all out. Yeah. Most of my friends that I talked to about it went all out. Like just everybody was just sort of stymied um, and couldn't couldn't do it. So this fall, I've started to feel that loosen up. Yeah. Things are starting to come back. And so I said, you know what? 2022 has to be the year of creativity. I have to bring that back. Yeah, Creativity is such a part of my DNA that it's hard for me not to
3: come up with stuff. Now, the hard part is just getting the shit out of my head and, and putting it into some some digestible format. So there's always, I think to me, there's always an inspiration, but I can see how a lot of people have gotten sidetracked Over the past couple of years, because when I get into a creative space, it's like nothing else exists. Like time stops. Everything stops. It's just like heads down, banging out stuff. But when you're being distracted by all the stuff going around you and the worries and the concerns, and it's really hard to kind of tap into that and let it out. So it just kind of gets it gets blocked. So, um, yeah, it's just for me, inspiration is is not the problem. It's it's actually a lot more about the discipline of doing it. I'm Jose Johnson, and uh, I guess I'm a creator in uh, all aspects of my, my personal and business life. I'm a musician, a composer, arranger. Uh, I host a music podcast called The Trumpet Guru's Hang, and uh, I'm an author and a coach and a consultant and speaker, and uh, everything I do is kind of uh, focused around taking ideas and repackaging them and and coming up with new concepts and then uh, presenting them to the public in one format or another. My musical output is... uh you know, just one aspect. So, you know, whether it's writing a book or whether it's, you know, creating video content or uh, anything, I mean, my mind is always kind of churning with ideas. And so to me, it's, I don't, tie myself down to the only way I can be creative is to write a song or to write a book or anything like that it's just creative is just being creative it's it's creating something out of nothing and so I always feel like I can be creative because there's always you know some thought or or concept or idea or inspiration that that hits me and it's just how can that is this going to be the lyric to a song or is this going to be the theme of a of a video
2: I have to be inspired by real-life events and not have my art be self-referential. So, like, when I was in college, I was a religion major. When I, I switched to being an English major, that felt too too self-referential. It was like I'm not getting enough other material to bring into my right. Now, it was helpful in other ways, but it wasn't particularly inspiring. I need to be in the world. I need to be experiencing um, life. But also, you know, I need to be... Um, just present in my body and in my life, and um, the biggest thing that interferes with my creative flow is just like unmanaged stress. Um, so I'm Jessica Smucker. I am a writer. Um, I songwriting is my primary genre these days, but I'm also a poet and um, nonfiction, creative nonfiction writer. Um, sometimes an idea comes to me and it's so clear and I just know that I'm going to be able to sit down and if I make the time, I'll be able to chip away at it until, um, until I'm finished. I'd say 95% of my process of like trying to get into the creative zone is just finding that idea and what it is. Once it's there, I can go, um, I have to be focused on something outside of myself. If I sit down in front of a computer or in front of my piano and I'm like, well, I have to write a song now. I'm a writer, I have to write. That doesn't that doesn't work at all. And then also sometimes you know, you know that you're in a space in life that should be inspiring. I remember when I had kids, I had tons of people tell me like, oh, this is gonna change the way you write, you're gonna be so inspired all the time. And um, while that has been true in certain ways, it's not something you can force. You just have to sort of wait, you know, and uh, you know the the first few years of having little little kids is not is not particularly inspiring even though you can you can take that those moments and look back on them or step outside of them and find them really inspiring. It's not sometimes just having the idea is not enough. You have to you have to be be present and have the idea at the same time. When I was younger, I felt entirely dependent on like the muse or the energy or like you know, I dropped out of college twice because I would have like I would be trying to <laughs> do my classwork and then like an idea would seize upon me and I'm like I have to catch this while it is happening. Um, and over time, learning to trust that like the idea is going to come and then in, if you don't have the time for it, it's it's gonna it's gonna circle back. It's not it's not this thing you have to chase quite that hard. Um, so I think, you know, maturing as an artist, I think, often involves, like, finding the ways that you that you trust yourself and your process as an artist, and that's been, like, definitely in the last five years, I would say, I've just really settled into that. I don't have to be in a hurry, and some of it does have to do with, like, once you have a body of work behind you, you know, when I was in my, in my 20s and I was just starting everything, I was like, I just want to get published, I just want to make an album, I just want to, you know, like, finish this, and... Um, there's a really nice sort of rest that you can take when you've been doing it for long enough that it's like, okay, you know, I don't have to prove anything. I just have to keep, keep making, the, making the art.
4: Most of my inspiration comes from the distance that exists between myself and most often something in nature, right? Something that I visually see, you know, the river. The bridge that goes across the river, the lake, the um trees, and m- most of it being for me a way of finding out who I am in my own geography, you know, and what I mean by that is if if you've ever looked at let's say an escarpment. An escarpment's a piece of land where it suddenly stops and then drops off, and there may be a you know a wearing below the escarpment where you see where water or wind had been, and sometimes there's a tree on the top of the escarpment, kind of trying to hold on desperately to you know whatever soil it's got. I think there's places in me that are escarpments, oh, places places where my life goes to use Robert Bly's word, just so far where they stop. Um, where they drop off, maybe where compromise exists, you know, the, the person that I am being challenged. Uh, I'm Tom Johnson Medlin, and I identify most, I think, with writing and poetry. Another really big geological uh, feature that I really like is uh, an alluvial fan which is along a mountain, you have all these smaller little foothills that kind of come off of the mountain. And mm-hmm. it comes off because wind or water erodes soil down. And as it continues to go down, it starts to build up another mountain, abutted up Yeah, it sort it. of
0: piles up at the bottom.
4: Yeah, almost like a delta, but with dirt. Right? Okay. You know, so that, there are places in our life where pieces of us just wash off and they build things around us like family, friends, community, that kind of stuff. So one of the things I realized that I needed was to be able to develop some other piece to my creativity so that when that thing happens that says, Ain't got no words today <laughs> right <laughs> I, I could do something else. You know, getting back to nature, I see that as a vantage point. You know, you climb way up top of a mountain and when you look down over that mountain into the valley, you can see where things are at. Sometimes the things that you're looking for aren't there, and so you've got to go with what is there. So I started doing watercolors again. You know, I did that when I was 18, went to art school was a, as a kid, actually from, I think 15 through 17, stopped around 18 and decided I'd pick it up, unbeknownst to me right before we had the pandemic. Oh so wow. F- for me, while I was trying to find words for the pandemic, I just would do painting. Just gave you some some release to open the flow. A different way, Mm -hmm. a different vantage point to look at life, right? So like in writing, there are whole sets of processes in place. Same with watercolor. And one of the ones that I never realized that exists in writing, but I felt it and lived it, was uh, what happens in a watercolor when you get to a certain point where it's not going the way you want it. And you have to choose, am I going to destroy this? Throw it out or rebuild it, right? Same thing happens with words, too. So having that kind of parallel thing to do helps me out a lot. Now I know what podcasts are.
0: <laughs> Erase the filter. I recently finished reading two memoirs. Flunk Start, Reclaiming My Decade, Lost in Scientology by Sands Hall was one of them. I had the pleasure of working with Sands on a few projects over the years. In fact, she did a reading from that memoir for episode three of this podcast. I also finished Huckster's Son by Randy Buxner. He's a good friend, a collaborator, and a contributor to this podcast. I loved both of them. It's fascinating to learn the history of somebody in a context that can be so radically different from the context in which you know them. There's obviously a lot of recollection in a memoir. The author has to piece together memories and stories from sometimes a very distant past. Sometimes it's sentimental, sometimes nostalgic, sometimes it's just working through a bunch of unresolved shit. Well, This month I've been thinking about this podcast, Erase the Filter. There's been a lot of looking back lately. I think there's always been a bit of nostalgia involved with it. Perhaps it's part of getting older, reaching milestones like turning 50. There's a ton of source material in the rear view. It's a lot of stories, adventures, hits and misses, home runs, and fuck-ups. Hopefully there's some wisdom, some accomplishments, ultimately more good than bad. As I look back on the looking back I've done on this podcast, I realize that at times I'm making little mini audio memoirs, artifacts that will someday be old and dusty, with stories from even further back that will soon be ancient history. It's an audio journal capturing a slice of what I experience, what strikes me, what I ponder, what I'm reflecting on each month, with a splash of people around me, people I love and respect, who help make this life interesting, and who inspire me to create. This man-made construct called a calendar indicates that things are starting over again and it could be a good time to reset. It's a fresh start. It's a new year. This year of creativity finding ideas, being motivated to document them and then act on them and execute the idea into something that didn't exist before. The conversations with the four artists on this podcast gave me four more perspectives on creativity. Perspectives that I will take into the year of creativity and execute my own ideas on this podcast through my work and throughout my life. Ideas are the foundation for creativity. If we're lucky enough to be inspired and we find the ideas that we fall in love with, well then what?
4: Yeah, I, my idea process begins with writing it down. So I call them word seeds or poem seeds, right? So if something comes up, if I'm looking at the river and all of a sudden I say, um, and you know, I do speak a lot to myself out loud. <laughs> so if I particularly say something jazzy to myself at one point point, I think that's got the sound of, of a poem seed or a word seed in it, then I'll write it down. and. I tend to get back to those things pretty quickly. Okay. You know, sometimes it'll be after I hear myself say something, like I'll do a little research to see who else has said something like that, what other poets have looked at that idea, what other artists have pictured that, and what's the distance between them and myself. You know, it, what's yeah. the distance between myself and that thing that I wrote down? And then try to find out what lives between it. You know, yeah. like, like where did that set of words come from?
1: What tends to motivate me is when I see obvious gaps in something and whether that be, you know, access to childcare or access to a cool venue or access to a place to work around other cool people. Um, When I see gaps, I like to be able to fill those gaps. And it's a motivator because I want to benefit from it. Right, so I benefit from the candy factory. I benefit from um, the venue space that we have. I benefit from the media studio. So not only do the people around me and my members benefit, I benefit.
3: I recently, studied, and this has mostly been for like my writing stuff, for uh, like you know, creating uh, content for, for video productions and, and uh, consulting gigs and that sort of stuff. Um, I'll, I have a, a document, I have a Google doc. And I have it I have it starred. So whenever I open up I could just immediately go right right to that and it's just uh, it's just ideas. Quotes down. and ideas. And I just, you know, I'll be driving and and I'll get an idea and if I you know can stop at a light and you know, type it in or I'll use you know voice memo or whatever. Safely, of course. Safely, safely of course. Yeah, safely. Don't don't do this at home. Um no, I, and I just I just put the ideas down that way. And uh, if I if I'm like scrolling through the internet and I find uh, an article, or uh, a statement, or a video, or something that kind of inspires me, and I want to dive into it deeper. I'll do the same thing, I'll just I'll copy the URL and stick it in that document, and then I can go back later and look at it for for the inspiration.
2: With songwriting and with poems, it's easier because you're doing something that's very short and contained. Um, I'm trying to figure. I'm I'm working on a collection of essays and. I mean, I have three or four different essays that I've had in some sort of state for about six years. Um, I'm not very motivated to finish them. I'm, I, which I like. You know, I like that I'm, I'm motivated to keep digging at, Like, what are they? What are they about? Um, but that's something that I don't know what I'm going to name my my year <laughs> next year. <laughs> but um, it is something that I am looking forward to digging into how when I'm working on a on a larger scale project um, how do I find not just the motivation um, because I don't want all the motivation to be about finishing it it's sort of about showing up for it motivation is something I've also given myself a lot of grace about in the last few years like I don't have to always be working I don't have to always be creative if I have if I have entire months of of my year where I'm focused more on my family and my other responsibilities, like, that can feel okay because I know that, like, in in the larger picture of my life, being an artist is what grounds me and I'm always gonna find my way back to it.
0: Thank you Anne, Jose, Jessica, and Tom for sharing your thoughts. The year of creativity is upon us. May yours be filled with inspiration, motivation, and execution. This is Jason Mundock. Thanks for listening to Erase the Filter. Show notes can be found at erasethefilter.com. And if you have feedback about the show, feel free to email me at jmundock J-M-U-N-D-O-K, at gmail.com. And always remember,
1: open your mind,
0: be yourself. Erase the Filter.